0: Hi everyone. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm Pat Mulroy, the supervisor of the world of learning Institute and at the world of learning Institute, we provide virtual world language instruction and some other courses like calculus and chemistry when it's difficult for a school district to find a teacher. We're here to help at ah, So today guys, see, there we go. Um, We're here to talk about what we do every day that makes virtual learning authentic, relevant, and engaging. So you can contact me, P. Mulroy, at worldoflearninginstitute.com for more information. But the best part of today is that we get to talk to two amazing people who are from the IU8 World of Learning Institute about what they do every day um, to create engaging experiences in their Spanish classes. So Ashley Herzog has been teaching with us for four years now um, I slip on that name, Ashley because that's a year, old, a year old though, right? Yeah. And we also have our colleague Courtney Benino, also newly married, um, a Spanish teacher who joined us this year. So today we're going to talk to them about teaching in the verse the virtual environment. And I'm tripping all over myself today. So say you guys can just relax. <laughs> so uh, Ashley, Courtney, uh, go ahead, let's let's hear about who you are.
1: Okay, um, so hi, my name is Ashley Herzog, um, and as Pat mentioned, I have been with World of Learning uh, for almost full four years now, and I teach or have taught Spanish one through five, grades eight through 12.
0: Awesome, Ashley. Uh, thanks, for,
1: thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm
2: Courtney, and this is my first year with the World of Learning. Teaching Spanish one, three, and four this year, but it it's my sixth year as a Spanish teacher. So previously I've been in brick and mortar schools in Jersey from middle school all the way through Spanish four honors.
0: Yeah. And Ashley, you came to us right out of uh your teaching program, right?
1: Yeah, I did a long-term sub right after college and then I came straight to you guys.
0: Yeah, well, we're really lucky. We're really lucky to have you grow along with us. And Courtney, you just finished, you were just in a brick and mortar right before you started here, right?
1: Yeah, but
2: because of COVID, I had had a transition to virtual teaching before I came here. So that oh. kind of
0: changed a little bit. Yeah, COVID changed us all a little bit. Mm. <laughs> we're still feeling it. We're still feeling it. Well, I'm just really grateful. You both bring so much to the world of learning. Uh, you share with other people. Um, you collaborate across you know, courses. And that's one of the things that I just love. And your enthusiasm about trying new things and just being part of the community has really been great. So, Ashley, what was like the one big surprise that you learned about when you were first teaching in the virtual world? And if there's like a little example um, that you have, that'd be great.
1: Uh, So a big surprise for me is just how many different ways I've learned to engage learners in the virtual setting. Uh, I took a number of online courses in college, and I remember them being somewhat boring, you know, not a lot of engagement, maybe a discussion board here and there. Uh, But I've just learned so many different tools that I can use to engage the students both in class and without. I, I think a little bit about Flipgrid. Uh, it's not a tool I use as much as I would like to, but I do enjoy when I get to see the kids make different videos, post them, and then be able to respond to one another. Uh, since I teach at so many different schools, and oftentimes my students are from one school are able then to communicate with students in another school. So it's just really cool the different interactions we can create.
0: I love that. I love when we get kids from different cl- different like schools. To me, that's kind of been one of the highlights of working with this program is you know, when kids get engaged and they realize somebody's from somewhere else and they get, I don't know, there's almost like a, a, like it ratchets up their level of wanting to do well. I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of some of the, some of the conversations I've heard.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: Yeah. So Courtney, how about you? Do you have a moment, you know, um, that you could talk about as seeing this really as a viable way and yeah I
2: think especially with the onset of virtual learning everyone thought well a zoom class won't be engaging students won't get a chance to interact with one another as much but I remember during our summer professional development um, with world of learning we were watching some sample lessons and I, one of Anita's stood out to me and she had the students keep their mics on and like all of the previous year when I was doing virtual learning I kept their mics off I was like I, you can't keep the mics on it'll be fuzzy we won't hear each other their mics on and talking, you're able to, as a teacher, really hear what they're saying in very small conversations and they don't really seem bothered by it. So a question on the screen, say, turn and talk to your friend, turn your mics on, they know the routine now. They turn their mics on, they do a quick turn and talk. It's okay, let's come back together. And they, they have so much more confidence to share out their ideas then. So when I say, who wants to volunteer and give us some answers? I now see many more students eager to participate because they don't have that
0: Zoom stress because they've got a chance to run through it with a friend first. Oh, I like that. I like that. See, I'm, I'm learning something new every day here, too. Um, what about, um, I'm just wondering, as you talk about some of these strategies, Courtney, especially for you, um, what was different going from brick and mortar? I mean, I know you said you were like COVID teaching, but I know a lot of people who come out of the brick and mortar say, this just can't possibly work.
2: Yeah, you know, like I had that same thought because I was a teacher that loved walking around and working with the kids one-on-one, did, did a lot of gallery walks, a lot of interactive activities with big whiteboards. So I was like, I, I can't teach without all of that. But you find ways, like Ashley was saying, with Flipgrid or with all these other resources online. And it kind of takes its place and you realize, you know what, I
0: can do this and it can be just as effective. And you get to, to interact with the students in pretty much the same way. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think you hear, like, about the relationship building that um, you did, you know, that that I think is surprising to a lot of people, that you really can build relationships with kids. And, um, Ashley, I know you've had that experience Will you just, uh, this is just reminding me, and I know we're totally off script here, but will you just remind me about um, the one where the the kids sent you something at the end of the year last year?
1: Oh, I had such a great group in so many different ways last year. Um, I had two students actually that were running track that had made it to like the state track meet, which is fortunately 15 minutes from my house. So I actually got to go that day and watch them, you know, compete and then get to meet them face to face. And it was so cool. And the first thing they said, they were like, "You're so much shorter than we thought you were," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, thank you so much." But it was really cool to get to see them like face to face, and they know like, "Hey, you are a real person on the other side of that screen." Uh, but I also had a really cool group of Spanish four students that are a very artistic bunch. I've gotten to work with them a couple of years, and they mailed me like a little kind of card with a bunch of their drawings and like some stickers and stuff at the end of the year because they know I like to put stickers on my laptop and it was just so cool because I look at that now and I'm thinking about those kids and just about those incredible interactions and you know I've watched them go off to college this year and it was so sad to see them go but you know now I can keep in touch with them on Instagram since we're no longer you know in school together and I'm just I'm really fortunate. I, like you said, I came to you guys straight from college. And when I came to you, you knew I was, I was already burnt out. I hadn't even taught a year and I was pretty burnt. I didn't enjoy student teaching. I didn't like my long-term sub. And I thought maybe I picked the wrong career. I think coming here to the world of learning and seeing that I could engage with the kids in a way that's way more comfortable for me and for them, which it's just such a blessing. Like it has totally changed my life.
0: That's awesome. Oh, we love having you. So I'm glad I love hearing that story. I really do. And you're both young, you know, Courtney, you've been teaching for six, maybe going on seven years this year, you know, and Ashley, this is your fourth year. Um, you're both dedicated. You're both so dedicated. You both plan hard. You both are always trying to learn new things. What inspires you and what makes that enthusiasm possible? For me i i love creating lessons that are
2: authentic um, just turning the content into something that's engaging for the kids um, that's where i let my creativity out and i really enjoy that and then i love seeing the more authentic a lesson is the more eager the students are to participate and to be excited as well um, but there's those lessons where like, oh my gosh what am i going to teach this week i don't know i want it to be authentic i want it to be engaging And then I'm always inspired by my colleagues, like Barb and I have shared stuff, Ash and I have shared stuff, Morgan and I. And it's great to have people to bounce ideas off because when you're out of steam, when you're out of creativity, sometimes you're like, I I don't know what I'm going to do this week. But having someone even just share one idea with you can kind of ignite that fire again and you feel like, you know what, I'm back on track. I feel inspired and and enthusiastic to
0: keep going with this lesson. Uh, Yeah, it is always good to have somebody to lean on. You know, somebody like even, even if it's a simple idea, it just it's fresh to you, and it, yeah. And sometimes you're just tired. It's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, I was just at a conference, and I felt the same way. It was like, wow, I didn't realize how exhausted I was, and how much I needed those, like really collaborative conversations. You know, sometimes you're going back and forth about things. and. Right. And I also
2: think that because we are virtual, we have more of an opportunity to just send a quick message on teams or something. Cause one of the challenges when I was in brick and mortar school was we didn't have common prep time together. You would teach the same class and you wouldn't even get to see that colleague until the end of the day, when you're burnt out, you're tired, you're ready to go home. So it's really nice that during the day
0: we can even just send a message and or share a folder together and still collaborate. Yeah, that is, that is a nice benefit. And I, I think we could probably do that in a brick and mortar, but people, you know, I think because, and maybe people will, you know, as as life transitions to more of a blended model, but yeah, that's that's a really good point. We do get to collaborate a lot. I hear that a lot, you know, in talking to teachers. I just met with a bunch of teachers this past couple of weeks and the collaboration seems to be key. How about you, Ashley? What What gives you enthusiasm and inspires you?
1: Oh, I have to say, like, I can't say enough nice things about the people that we work with. Like, is my colleagues, especially like I've gotten to know Courtney so quickly this year, because we were teaching a lot of the same levels, or we were trying to figure out like, hey, how do you get your Ohio teaching certificate, or I'm going through this process? What are you doing? And just the fact that everyone we work with is so willing to help out, you know, I was teaching Spanish one for the first time in ages. And I'm like, man, I don't have a lot of slides for these. Could someone help out? Um, And our colleague, Gwen, was willing to share stuff with me. So was Joe. Uh, I was able to bounce ideas off of Morgan and Courtney. And just the fact that everyone is so nice and so friendly and supportive helps out a lot. And the fact that I never feel like it's us and then admin above us, like you guys as our administrators, supervisors, however you want to call it, I never feel like I can't get in touch with you and like just shoot you or Olivia, Lauren, Anita a text and be like, hey, I have this question or you know, can somebody check out this email? I'm not quite sure how to respond or, you know, I'm kind of struggling with X, Y, Z. You guys are always accessible to us. And that's not something that I felt like I had, you know, when I did my long-term sub or student teaching, I was like, man, they're asking me to do a thousand things. I don't know how to do anything, but there's no one to go to for help. Whereas you guys are always there and it's huge. And then the students themselves really inspire me. I think it helps too. I'm (laughs) I'm not much older than my students in a lot of ways. I think maybe like seven, eight years for some of my kids. Um, And they just allow you to make these incredible connections with them. I mean, especially ones that I've gotten to see year after year, you know, I do feel the same way I think I would have in a brick and mortar school where I could build these really nice, long lasting connections, where I feel excited to come and see them every day. And the fact that they're so willing to share with you and want to get to know you as a person, I think that was the biggest thing that I didn't understand coming into teaching is just how much the students want to know you as a person. Like, yeah, they wanna know that you know how to speak Spanish and you know what you're teaching them, but they wanna know who you are as well. Um, And that's just been really inspiring and very cool each year because we get to do it all over again each year with some repeat students and then also new ones.
0: Yeah, I think, I think sometimes, you know, as educators, you know, and it, you know, we think that it's all about our content. And I mean, really what you two are telling me about your enthusiasm is really about the relationships. You know, you love it because, you know, you love bringing the content alive, but, but really you're inspired by the people who you work with. You're inspired by the kids you teach, you know, that you get to do that. And I think, the more vulnerable and like, you know, we don't have to share every detail, but you know, when they have little insights to who we are as human beings, they see us. And, and, and I think that helps to build those connections, you know, which makes them want to come back and take your class, you know, year after year, you know, Ashley, you're lucky enough to have followed some kids all the way through now. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's a pretty awesome thing. Like I was a health and phys ed teacher. I saw kids usually like through their whole cycle of like, if it was middle school or You know even elementary school you get to see them like multiple years so you watch them grow too and you know it's it's i always said with my kids it was like when they got to high school it was like i was growing up with them because nobody's (laughs) ever you know a teenage parent unless you have like seven kids by that seventh one you're great but you know being a being a parent is like you grow up with your kids for sure so sometimes as a teacher i feel like you do too because you trip and fall and they like. Sometimes the kids are even there to catch us. Right. You know, Yeah. you know, and the more you build that relationship, when you fail, they don't pounce on you as much as, you know, they might've, um, if you built that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Courtney, what do you think, um, what do you think is the advantage of learning a language in the virtual platform? Do you think there are any? there's lots. Um, I would say for me thinking about, I was very fortunate, even
2: though I grew up in a really rural area of Pennsylvania, I had Spanish all from middle school through high school, and I could not imagine not having that opportunity. So to think that there are schools that can't offer that, it could be because maybe they can't find a teacher. Maybe the teacher can't fit Spanish one through AP in their schedule, right? So the fact that we can fill that gap and still give students a chance to learn a language it's not just Spanish we offer so many different languages and I want kids to be able to say yeah hey, you know what Spanish was my favorite class in school. I don't want them not to have that opportunity, because it would, as we were saying we're doing more than just teaching a language right we're also teaching how to communicate in their um, native language we're giving them communication skills we're helping them to gain confidence. They're learning about different cultures. So there's just so many aspects of learning a world language that I don't think is fair if they don't get a chance to experiment with them and have that class at, at least some point in their high school career.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about bringing it alive. I had um, a guy in Southern Fulton School District a long time ago say to me, "You know, if, if it wasn't for your program, some of our kids would never see anybody that didn't look like them because their kids were like taking Japanese and Arabic in Chinese. And I thought that was, you know, sometimes I didn't even think about it that way that like the first time somebody met a real person who was from a different culture was virtual and they wouldn't have had it otherwise, you know. And, and I do think that that is one of the advantages of, of that, having the languages. I'm so glad we do it too. I love it. I absolutely love it. So Ashley, how about you? Um, How do you see the virtual platform as an advantage for, for learning the language?
1: Very similar to what Courtney said, but just the fact that we are so accessible to so many people, like we're not locked into a physical location. We can meet people where they are. Like this year I have students in Ohio, Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. And a number of them would have gone without a language course altogether this year if we weren't available, if we didn't have this service. And I just think it's incredible, like the reach. I mean, I've been here a few years now, so I've seen us grow each year and expand further and further. And it's really incredible to me that there's this kind of need for virtual learning in this capacity. There's this need to fill these gaps in education. We have a really productive way of doing that. And it's an engaging way, you know, And I think too, like Courtney said, I love my language class. I absolutely loved Spanish in high school. I am here today because I liked those classes. But I also think about the fact that now I've become very interested in learning Korean and Japanese and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I could have had that opportunity so much sooner if something like this had been around when I was in school. So I'm just really excited to continue to see us grow and continue to meet this need.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think that it is pretty awesome you know that the online environment has opened up the world to us in so many places you know and i think it's important too to remember that the internet has its, its really wonderful aspects and you know it also has some some of the darker sides and i think <laughs> yes. you know for us we get to highlight what some of those really positive things are in the world of learning and i think both of you actually are teaching in multiple states and i I think, Courtney, you were telling me the other day about, um, you know, the, when you were first started in Ohio and you had the, the facilitator who was an older teacher and you kind of finally worked that balance out where she understood you were the teacher, you know. So even working those kinds of relationships out, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome, you know. And they love you, Courtney. I mean, when we talked to them a couple of weeks ago, they were just like, oh, my God, she's amazing. And then. <laughs> Um, on Monday night, we had um, a parent night for the Massachusetts people. And, you know, Ashley, they were singing your praises. So it's just really, it's it's always so good, like, for me, because sometimes I'm not directly in your classrooms. I, you guys work with Anita and Olivia and Lauren so much. But, you know, then I go out into a very public place where there's parents or there's administrators and they're like, oh, Courtney, she's so good. She's always on top of things, you know, and it's like, I know that. Yeah, you know Um <laughs> You know, and same thing, you know, Lauren and I were doing this it was like, you know, Ashley, like their administrator was was really pumping you up and talking about, you know, because some of the parents come in sometimes and they're like, well, how can this be, you know, especially if it's their first time with their kids, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we're talking about here. And um, and so it is it's really good to hear the school administrators really appreciate that this is something that the kids wouldn't happen if it wasn't for us being in a virtual environment. Um, so I just wanted to ask you towards the end here, as we're winding down, um, if there's a tool that you just love that like it's like your go-to, it's the first thing you think about when you're planning new lessons, um, something that you want to share a little bit about with folks out there who are teachers who might be looking for a new tool.
1: Well, I have to shout out Anita because she introduced me to Jamboard last year and was like, hey, I think that you would really like this tool. Can you try it out for me and see what you think? and I can't think of a week that goes by where I don't use Jamboard now because I love that I can take my slides essentially and make a screenshot of it, put it on the Jamboard and then the kids can have total control over interacting with that slide because a lot of them do have Chromebooks. So some of the tools that we use in Zoom with other schools don't work for them. So this is a way I can still reach those students and have it work for everybody, especially in live sessions where I have four or five different schools present, You know, so I can have them move a post-it note around the board the jam board to maybe do like a four corners activity or a true false. I've even done board games where they have to move through and like conjugate the verb with me, help me make sentences. Um, I use it as an impromptu discussion board as well, because my, my classes, we, I won't call it getting sidetracked, but I definitely will let them lead me where they want to go. So if they pull up a, you know, a topic and as long as we're doing it in Spanish and I can cover the concept for the day, I don't mind. So I'll throw it on the jamboard board and be like, all right, discuss, put some ideas on there and then we'll spin off of that. And they like to use it to draw as well. I've done a couple of different activities, um, like I think of Spanish three, where I asked them to tell me about themselves now um, as like an older, you know, an older student, and then think about themselves as a younger student. So they were able to draw a representation of things they were interested in as a kid. And then as, you know, like a teenager, and then give me some sentences to kind of compare the two. So I, I love Jamboard. I can't say it's prices enough.
0: Awesome. I think a lot of people like Jamboard that one. I think, I don't know if that was a result of the pandemic that Google came out with some more tools or they pushed them out sooner, but that's definitely a good one. How about you, Courtney? What's your favorite? Um, well, I do love Jamboard and Ashley, you just gave me a lot of good ideas. Cause I'm
2: always like, I oh, wish I could answer Yay! Zoom. <laughs> but since I love them moving the post-it around I have to do more of that. Um, so what I do is kind of similar on Pear Deck, but um, Pear Deck has been my go-to tool because you can take the slides, like Ashley was saying, you've already created and you can just insert the question. You can insert a drawing or a matching or, or um, a draggable. It's very similar to that. I think the best part about Pear Deck is that as students are responding, I have my screen pulled up and I'm looking at everything they're, they're putting in live and I can provide them instant feedback because I'm really so worried about when you're doing virtual learning, how are they gonna know if they're right or wrong? I don't wanna say in front of them to the class, oh, that's not the greatest answer, let's work on this. They, they don't want to be called out upon like that. So with Pear Deck, you can type a response and they're the only ones that see it. So I like that instant feedback aspect of Pear Deck.
0: Yeah, Pear Deck, I do like it. I've just struggled like maybe because I'm not doing it as regularly as you guys are every day. It's like, you know, I put my slides in and I have too many Google accounts. So it's like, which one? <laughs> it's like, I always get like lost in there. So um, so I think they're two really awesome areas that I think people could pick up on. I think obviously, like you were saying, Jamboard Courtney, like you can go out there and there's a million ideas. I mean, I think as teachers though, you guys get bombarded with all this stuff. And so it's kind of nice to like focus in you know, on one, one tool that, you know, like, I think that feedback in the live sessions is really important. And that was something that we've recently been talking about. And I like Pear for that reason, because I think kids do get a sense of am I on the right track or not on the right track without, you know, feeling shamed that they might have said something wrong or completely got the wrong answer. And you can redirect them in that way. Well, this has been great. Um, I love talking about what we do every day at the World of Learning. So having you two on a Friday afternoon has just been awesome. Um, It's such a pleasure to work with you. Um, So one of the things I want to do before we close is just ask you um, a little bit about, do you have any strategies or advice for teachers who are in the brick and mortar classroom? You know, since Courtney, you're really not that far removed from it um, things that you've learned in, in your teaching experience at the world of learning that would really help, um, those brick and mortar teachers.
2: Um, so still continuing with Paradek, I remember a lot, um, of times I would want kids to draw because we want them to avoid using English. So if I say a sentence or a vocab word, I don't want them just to shout it out in English. Maybe they could draw it, um, or make some sort of representation, but then in the brick and mortar school, okay, we got to get out the colored pencils. We got to get out the whiteboards. Oh, this this, this marker's dead. Oh, I don't have an eraser. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Or maybe schools don't even have the budget to get those supplies. Um, so with Pear Deck, you can still do that. And you can do it in like a click, right? Everyone has their phone or their Chromebook in front of them. They just need it. And they can. you can have them draw what you say. The girl's wearing a red dress with a black hat or the computer is on top of the desk. So and you can see that representation you don't have to get out all these colored pencils and then have them on the floor when they leave and then you have to spend 10 minutes <laughs> so i think that it can be a very valuable
0: tool oh yeah yeah the end of the end of the day cleanup or the end of the period mm-hmm. cleanup before the oh, next group yeah. comes in that's a great that's a great tip yeah for sure how about you ashley
1: oh well, I think it's really easy to incorporate something like Pear Deck or Jamboard into the brick and mortar setting. And I think it's perfect for those students that you want to reach that might be a little more introverted, that aren't as comfortable if you ask them to write something on the board in front of the class or, you know, write it on a whiteboard, and hold it up for people to see. You know, I was that kid. I didn't, I didn't want attention. I was hiding. So one way that, you know, You could kind of see a little bit more of what they're doing and what they're thinking without making them feel anxious and put on the spot is having, you know, Pear Deck or Jamboard because it, Jamboard is, is super anonymous, Pear Deck a little less so, but like then Courtney said, you're able to give them feedback and able to see, oh, okay. They totally understand what's going on. I just hadn't gotten a chance to connect with them or hear from them. So I also think it could be kind of cool to maybe use Jamboard in, you know, a cross course interaction, like. I kind of thought the other day, you know, I could do this with an art teacher, you know, pull up a piece of art from a Spanish-speaking country made by a Spanish-speaking artist, you know, we could research it together, you know, my kids could talk about it in Spanish, theirs could tell us a little bit about the history of it in English, so I think there could be a really interesting collaboration going on there, so I don't know, I think a lot of these tools make things much easier in the classroom whether it's virtual or brick and mortar and like courtney said a lot of times you don't have the budget to do certain things or you you don't have like you know a spare whiteboard marker when theirs has gone out so just being able to do it virtually kind of avoids some of those hassles that you might have run into
0: yeah that i i love it i mean and i do think um you know just being at a conference you know everybody was saying there's just some things that we don't want to go back to they weren't working anyway You know like 2019 was good but it really wasn't like the pinnacle of where we probably want to be as educators so um i think this the types of collaboration you're talking about and also the ways of reaching a variety of students you know like you know that i see i have seen over the years um i feel like sometimes the kids are more focused in this environment You know i don't know if it's because they're one-on-one in the screen even though like they can probably see each other i don't know what it is but it really feels like we can move there's a lot more concentration so even though we only meet with them two days a week mostly um, i think the supporting activities in canvas and the relationships that you all build um, and maybe that the kids are just so grateful that they have the language Um, i really just see kids doing extremely well in the virtual environment so it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. So, do you guys have anything you, um, you know, you want to say before we go that maybe you thought about that you just want to add before we head out? I just think of uh, what we're doing
2: is like you were saying. It's it's very valuable for the kids, and I'm fortunate to have found World of Learning, and I think it's a great organization. And the kids are are getting such a great benefit from having languages, no matter where they're located at.
0: Thank you. That's a great way to end and say thank you for joining us everybody here if you made it to the end of our podcast um we are the podcast we do this every day at the world of learning institute so reach out to us if you need something and have a great day